This is great. Do you do you choose this weight music? <laughs> How dare you, sir? How dare you? Uh, no, no, I didn't. It sounds like a minstrel. Yeah, the minstrels. I feel like I feel like I'm in the middle of my D and D game that I just like. Oh, then you weren't saying that as an insult. Okay, got it. No, not Thank an you. insult at all. <laughs> Hello, my name is Paul Vato, and this is Paul Vato Presents, and my very special guest today is Eric Artel, who is a brilliant improviser, sketch artist, he's an actor, he's an improv teacher, who is literally one of the best improv teachers, and I've been around improv for a very long time, since the 1900s, folks. And when I tell you that he is brilliant and his partner and his company, uh, it's it's amazing. And he's also the host of, how do I get this correct? It's You're the host of A, America's AFV Pranks, uh, Prank Show on, uh, online. Prank, and Prank Academy. Yes, Prank Academy. Academy is brilliant, brilliant. And with over 4 million TikTok followers. But that's, you know, obviously that's not what makes us who we are, but that's, I think, an integral part of, of who, who we are and, and what we do. So- Eric, first of all, thank you so much for taking time from your busy day to be here, and I really appreciate it. And uh, I, you have a, a, a child, a small child, so thank you for taking the time to be here. It's my pleasure, Paul. I mean, it's wonderful. It's, it's thank you, and it's wonderful to actually get to interact with you facially, so to speak, because we've only interacted audibly. Uh, so right. this is actually kind of nice. Do you know if there's a way for me to go more full screen? On, can I? Oh, there we go. Oh, look at that. I just, tap, just tap it. On? Yeah, and, and you have a choice. We could either go like this, which I, you know, I think almost everyone is doing. So on the playback, uh, because it's saved here on the app. If you don't mind, I'll tell you a little bit about the app. Yeah, please uh, do. Uh, and I'd like to also tell you a little bit about Amway after this. So th- that's actually. This <laughs> I was need some Tupperware. Do you have? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but you can. You can go. Uh, you know, the way we are now, and then on the playback, they're just side by side. Uh, we can have up to, I think, four or six, I think up to four people on video, but you can have up to maybe eight people on stage. So we could even do some kind of, you know, not today, but if you wanted to br- bring an improv show here, I think it could be done. Uh, Dave Keckner and Paul Valencourt were actually uh, on, the, on the app and we're working on a show, which I think they're still, you know, going to uh, put put out sometime. But I know Dave got busy with the film. Uh, or you can go sideways, you know, you can go horizontal, traditional filmmaker style. Uh, so if we ever need, you know, if we're going to shoot a show or something, you could almost shoot it. And I think that's what Fireside is looking for, are people that, to bring shows here, you know, whether it's, I mean, there's a home decor show where they come out to people's homes and, and it's a well-known person that does it. And, uh, uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's wide open and they just connected with uh, with an NFT company so that we can then NFT our shows and, and oh. it's monetized. Uh, so, you know, if you ever want to bring, whether it's your workshops here or your prank academy, and so it's, it's some it's improv shows, are you kidding me? <laughs> what? <laughs> this makes perfect sense. All right, great, done. We're gonna do it. it makes perfect sense. And then it lives on the platform. You can share it, but most importantly, and I think they just set it up so that you can literally, if you have Libsyn, it can just go right to Libsyn right away. What I like to do is download it and edit it. Not the, not really the middle. No, I think people are used to the fact that there might be a few mistakes and ums and whatnot. But I, I will chop off like that whole beginning 
and just go right into, hey, welcome, my guest is, so that people get to it right away. But uh, and you, you can simulcast. You can simulcast to YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook, which is what we're doing now. So anyone that's there, unfortunately, I haven't set it up so I can read their comments. They'd have to be here on Fireside for me to do that. And then uh, if you have, you, you get a stream key. So if you're on LinkedIn or any of the other you know, places where you can stream via a, a stream key, you can go you know, throughout the metaverse. So I love the platform. Wow, fantastic. And hello to the Facebook. That's all. I just want to say hello. hello <laughs> I wanted to do it to a TikTok because uh, I, I was now finally able to, you probably don't know what the feeling is like to not be able to go live but, uh, you know, after uh, I started posting, I got over a thousand followers. Now I think I have like 5,000. So I'm, I'm trying to hit that next 10,000. <laughs> Thank you. You're too kind. Uh, because you have 4 million followers on TikTok. Yes, I do. I don't know how many of them are real, but I do. But I do. There's a lot of, there are a lot of people on there. Yes. It's, it's a strange feeling. It's a strange feeling, particularly coming from the acting world. Paul, I think, you know, you and I coming from the acting world and now being in this digital space, it is a very, we didn't grow up, we didn't cut our teeth in the digital space. It's a, it's a, it's a completely different relationship that you have with the camera, with, with what you're doing with your, with your performing, you know, as actors, we're, we're, we, we don't have any immediate feedback on what we do. We have very little feedback on what we do. You know, the only feedback we get as actors on what we do is either your agent calls really happy or your agent calls really mad, really mad, or you, you're in a show and maybe it gets good ratings or it doesn't, you know, and, and right. unless you're a regular on the show, that's not really your fault or it's, it's not your feather in your cap. Right. So it's a it's a much different environment as an actor in this digital space where there's immediate feedback, there's uh, a, and sometimes it's not mentally good. I will just say that sometimes it's not mentally good. I, I know, and and I mean, I think you know they, they know what they're doing. They've done these studies where uh, I mean, it's like a dopamine hit. It's the same thing that you get from sugar or from dare I say drugs, you know, heroin or whatever it is that hits that that part. And that's exactly right. And I'm in the casino and for 10 years I was inside a casino and you start learning about the psychology of gambling and whether it's, it's a nicotine or, well, I, you know, the poisons that they put in cigarettes or whatever, but not nicotine, that's natural. But uh, you know, the, the gambling, the, the, the slot machines, it all hits that, that part of the brain. And, and I think that the, the social media does the exact same thing. Cause you know, I just hit uh, 275,000 views on a video of, of two dogs like air humping and it's it's great i'm like whoa how did it how you know at first it was 16,000 <laughs> great you check in 50,000 100,000 uh 250,000 i'm like whoa and on tiktok i had one go up to like 750,000 and for me those are big numbers those are big numbers let me post again let me see if it happens again it's and it's exactly like the slot machines because then all of a sudden after many posts, all of a sudden it's like, boom, here's your million dollars. And you're like, yeah, you know, let's keep going. And, uh, you know, and, and I get it. And it probably doesn't mean a lot to you as far as, you know, uh, I'm, you know, you get some that have probably have millions of views. So, so you're used to it, but it's, it's just, I think where, where you're at. And that doesn't of course define us, but it's, it's, uh, I think we're all in that same thing. I'm sure that if you only get a hundred thousand views, you're like, why isn't this getting more? 
and then you know until you get a million views or something i don't know yeah yeah no it and it's interesting you say it doesn't define us but it's really hard not to let it define you it's very hard to not let it define you and i think what's also now interesting with the accessibility of tiktok instagram yeah but really with the accessibility of tiktok and the way that they've algorithmically made it so that anybody posting can have something that goes viral um there's such a danger of letting it letting it define us i mean i i clearly remember and it still happens but i clearly remember when my first tiktok went like real like viral uber viral i mean millions and millions and millions of views and just you check you're checking it all the time you know you're, you're checking it you're looking at your followers grow it's just it is there's this that addiction and then you're right you let it start to define you and boy it is it is uh it is dangerous and you know we as actors we have a lot of insecurities as it is like we have a lot of issues as it is we do not need these new issues when it comes to social media digital content but no it, here it is. Love and, it's, and it's here to stay like there's no it's not going away it's not going away. yeah no a hundred percent it's not and like you said, you know, you know, back in my day, we didn't have all this uh, TikTok in and Twitters and yeah, back you know. in my day, we didn't have we didn't have TikTok. If you want, if you want to hear a TikTok, you went down to the local, you went down to the local German clockmaker, put your ear next to a clock. It's fun. <laughs> it's fun. And, and look how specific you are, and that's from the world of improv, not just to a clockmaker, a German clockmaker, <laughs> and and you, you know, we start picturing these things. It, it's it's. Uh, but, 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 but you're right. I mean, it's, uh, it's, you know, you're checking and seeing how much, how many followers did you have when, uh, you got that first viral video on TikTok Ooh. that had millions and millions? Did you already have millions of followers or, or no. were you? Okay. No, I didn't. I, uh, I, I had probably amassed, I, you know, it's a good question. I was in the hundreds of thousands. Got it. Okay. Fair enough. I was in yeah. the hundreds of thousands. Um, and but uh but at the t- at the time um it was different it was very different the the app was different uh back in my day <laughs> back, back in my day when you posted a viral bit, the only the only viral thing you got was when you were kissing your your school friend under the bleachers um no i uh and and it was it yeah so i i think i was in the hundred thousands when it when i had something that went that went like uber viral but but now it's i mean you see it with people who have uh, you know a couple hundred followers and you you can be scrolling tiktok and you'll see a a video that has millions of views with somebody who has you know a few hundred followers it's just so interesting how they've built it and it's really smart on their part um so it's and then it's interesting just as creators because uh, you're a creator and I'm a creator. As creators, it's kind of like this double-edged sword, right? Or or I don't know if it's called really a double-edged sword, but it's like, well, you 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 make something that you think is really great and if and uh, you get rewarded for it with views and that's great. But then you also realize that the way it's set up, it's also rewarding other things. And then you don't get rewarded for things that you feel like you've put it in a lot of great effort that you think it is great. It's it's very confusing. It's it's very confusing. I I, I guess maybe are you saying that it's, it's about consistency? If it is something that you want to do, uh, become you know, 
uh, grow your social media presence on all these platforms? Yes, I, I think, yeah, for growing a social media presence, certainly consistency is is very important. Um, and there are other things you can do in terms of, uh, you know, I, I will say that what's interesting also, Paul, is, again, you know, when when we are with actors and just for my background, you know, I've I've been an actor for over 20 years in LA and longer than that. Um, but in LA for 20 years, I came to LA in 2000 and, um, I'm sorry to interrupt since you were what, like five or six. Yeah. I was about three years old. I think I was that. Okay. <laughs> My apologies. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe, I don't know how old you are, but, but every time I'm like, uh, are your parents there? Uh, I play. So- yeah. Uh, no, they're not. And, uh, mom, I'll be done. Mom, I'm on the phone. Uh, no, I, I play my I play in the tw- my twenties, right? I play to a twenties. That's all we need to say, right? In the in the Hollywood, um, but yes, I have been here for a while. And when I got here, I was certainly going out for teenage roles, and uh, and I was not a teenager at the time necessarily. And I was like, oh, really? This, these are the people I'm going out. With? Um, but in LA, uh, I think when we when we start acting we kind of find uh, some of some of our sweet spots in terms of what we play and what we can play right and so i think some people will view it as in a negative light of like you're being pigeonholed or you're being typecast and i don't like looking at it negatively because i like looking at it as this is your strength this is this is in your wheelhouse it's like your wheelhouse and milk it milk your wheelhouse, right? That that's what I like to look. That's what I like to view when it comes to acting. Um, is and sorry, my I, I got a little stuffy nose. <clears throat> Whoops, I had a. But I I like you know, it's it's typecasting in my in my view is really more about a wheelhouse and if that's what people like to hire you for, do it. Like do it and and do it and do it really well and then other opportunities will come, um, but do it and do it really well and take advantage of it because Hollywood does not want a lot of people. So if they want you for something, great, do it. Yeah, and let let them want you. So that that's kind of my personal view on it. And I know other people have different views, and some people feel like artistically that's not the way to look at it, and I I respect that. Um, but I, I think also it doesn't mean you can't explore other things. Now in the world of digital content creation, we can explore anything that we want to do. You know, but when it comes to Hollywood, if if Hollywood wants you to to do certain things or or be certain things, well, just take advantage of it, and that's a golden opportunity. And then you can use digital content creation to expand your horizon, and then maybe Hollywood will catch on. But the only reason I share this is because, well, a like I've I've certainly get typecast in certain ways but uh b content creation it also happens for content creators like they will they will hit on something that strikes a nerve and and if you don't milk it then you've lost a golden opportunity like if if, if you like your your dog's having an amorous moment, right? <laughs> hey, why not find another one and do it, right? I mean, it, it struck a nerve and people liked it for a certain reason. You know, people, if if someone is doing uh, certain videos, I was just seeing some guy on TikTok, extremely successful guy. Every video of his, Paul, every TikTok 
that he does is him opening a door and talking to himself sitting on a couch. If you scroll through, that's every TikTok. And he has millions and he has, he has maybe twice as many followers as I do. He has enormous engagement and that he just found a niche. It was successful. It struck a nerve and he just kept pounding it and pounding. And that, and that's what he does. It's funny. It's really funny. It's a funny series that he does. Um, but that can be really, so you brought up being successful in digital content creation. That can certainly be a great ways finding something and just pounding it but what happens is with content creators just like with actors just like with any artistic people they start to go they start think oh i'm just doing this over and over again i'm doing this kind of content over i want to do something different um but their audience and it can be difficult to break away from that but if you found something that's great just milk it do it um well yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, of course. Uh, let's give it. Up. Let's give it up. If you're just joining us, my guest today is is Eric Artel, who's a brilliant improviser, actor, uh, comedian, uh, and uh, but he also has this phenomenal following on TikTok with over four million followers. And I know that that we keep saying, well, this doesn't define us, and I keep saying this, but yet we keep talking about it because it is so important, though, especially in this day and age. My brother, who owns his own company, a staffing company, shout out to labor personnel. He, you know, he's like, he was, you know, kind of asking me about TikTok. I'm like, you, you know, he's already, he knows that he has to be on it. I'm like, it's not just for kids dancing. I'm like, you know, it has become the number one place that people go to search over Google. Uh, at least that's my understanding. So, you know, you can become that expert in labor, in acting, in improv. In anything. You're right. In fact, funny story. A couple of weeks ago, I, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was at the grocery store, saw, um, they had a, a little butcher's sale for some steaks. So bought me, bought me a few steaks. And in my mind, the very, Paul, the very first thing in my mind that popped up was I've seen a TikTok about how to make a great steak in a frying pan. And so I just on TikTok, I searched on TikTok or may I, you know what? I might've actually searched on Google. Uh, you know, I searched TikTok steak tutorial or something like that and then one of and and i don't think it was even the one that i remembered but it was a very similar one from somebody else and it was very popular and then i used that as my tutorial and i had tiktok open while i was cooking a steak in my kitchen and it was delicious it was so good and apologies to those who don't eat red meat but uh it was it was so good but I, I was, I was watching that TikTok over and over again. I was scrubbing through it because it was like over a minute long, so you could scrub through it, just making sure I had all the steps right. And uh, that is what I went to for a steak cooking tutorial. Was TikTok amazing? Amazing. I wonder if Google actually hates that because you're literally going to <laughs> Google that owns YouTube and going, no, you know, show me on TikTok. But yes, I think the brilliance of that, the brilliance of that is that. You know that the minute the video is probably going to be under a minute or two or three, you know, however long yeah. it's not that long, as opposed to sometimes you go over to, to YouTube and you, you know, cooking a steak and all of a sudden it's a 20 minute with ads and this and that. I mean, on TikTok, you got you got that information as soon as you needed it. There it was. And like I said, it was delicious and perfect. So I mean, that speaks to the power 
of TikTok and you know what the platform has transformed itself into as this great search engine. And uh, you know, there's that education on TikTok or TikTok for learning, etc. TikTok for teaching. Um, and and speaking on what you mentioned earlier about kind of sticking to your lane and stereotyping, may if, if you will. Um, uh, the, the, if if you're if you change it up, you will, you will probably lose followers or you won't get as many views because it confuses the algorithm. So you're right. You know, and that's maybe why, you know, I'm a little bit all over the place. I kind of just post whatever I feel like posting because I'm kind of like, well, it's me, the actor. This is kind of the actor's life. Here are some funny memes, you know, and it started because I was a part of that. And I don't know if you've ever seen the video of where I photocopy my butt and I fall in copy. <laughs> yes, I have. I, mean, I have. It's 15, 16 years old. It was a commercial for Netscape Navigator. And, you know, it was kind of at the beginning of YouTube. So that's what got me my half a million views, which at the time I thought was amazing, but it's never grown past that. But now to have one video on TikTok, it's 750 that over 15 years on YouTube, I've only, I've only had half a million. Of course, it's my own fault. I wasn't, I never treated it. I, I've treated all these as a consumer and not as a content creator, which I've, I've shifted. I'm like, no, instead of just watching YouTube videos, let's create the videos. Let's create the TikToks. Let's do all that. But um, so so I had kind of that early on experience of a viral video that went all over the world and even on terrestrial television. I had my cousins from Mexico call and go like, is this you? I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's a commercial. You know, I have to let them know first that I'm not really that big of an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so. It is it, it is great. I have seen it. And uh, but you bring up such a great point. I mean, it's it and it is. You know, YouTube was not accessible to everybody. It was hard. You had to have the right equipment and and uh, editing. I mean, obviously, editing now and filming is a lot easier, but it's still not as accessible as a creator. TikTok is so accessible for anybody, and I don't care what you do. It does not matter what you do. It doesn't matter what business you have. It doesn't matter what you do for a living. You can post to tiktok it is so easy and i'm not an employee of tiktok so but but just it, it's become a big part of sort of what i do and uh not necessarily what i do but sort of yeah it doesn't define me like we said paul it doesn't define me but but it doesn't define you but let me ask you this when you're and i'm serious back in my day we didn't have the film film editing equipment in our pocket uh but when but uh, when you create for tiktok are you are you specifically creating for TikTok, or are you creating content uh, with a with a with a good camera, or even with your phone, and editing off the platform and then just putting it up, or do you actually shoot via tick use their their uh, platform to film? I almost always I almost always shoot uh, in like camera roll in with my phone or or with camera and uh, and then edit and then I'll just upload to whatever platforms I I want to share it to because now you know now you've got. YouTube shorts and Instagram reels and Facebook reels and Snapchat. And, you know, there's so many uh, Pinterest and LinkedIn, so many different places you can post your, these short form videos. Um, and I'm, I do not in any way pretend to be sort of the, the greatest example of what to do. Uh, because like you, I'm kind of all over the place now. I, I, I enjoy too many things i enjoy doing too many things like now i'm having a lot of fun dabbling in what's called animal voiceover uh animal dubbing 
and it's really fun. And I just, uh, with another person that I met on the app, uh, on social media, we have just started a series, an animal voiceover series that that's going to be really fun. And so that's going to confuse audience. <laughs> it's going to confuse audiences, but it's really fun. And there's a lot, a lot of traction. So I certainly don't like, I, I don't follow all the advice that I, that I like to give or all, yeah. all the insights that I like to give, but, uh, but it also it depends on kind of what your, what your goals are ultimately. Um, but yeah, I, I will usually shoot with my camera, with my phone, I mean, and, uh, and then just edit, I'll edit in premiere. Um, I like to do a lot of man on the street interview stuff. And so I'll, I'll usually bring that into premiere and edit it and then, uh, put it out there. But one of the things that I haven't done a lot of Paul that I would really like to do is, well, two things really one, I would just like to do a little bit more, a little bit more fun acting centric type of stuff, whether it's just sort of ridiculous sketch comedy things. I just haven't really focused because that does take time. That takes more time. That does take more time. Um, but I've always wanted to do some of that because I feel like as an actor, that type of stuff can help you. I've certainly put a lot of stuff out there that as a host, because I do a lot of hosting, like AFE's Prank Academy, I'm, I'm the host as well of that show. So I've done a lot of stuff in, the, in that regard, but um, I'd like to do more of that. I started doing more of that on the voiceover side because I'm also a voiceover actor. So that is one thing I'd love to do with uh, with digital content creation. And then the other thing is I would like to do more for on the improv side. Like you mentioned, we, uh, I teach improv and we have our improv wizards, uh, online learning system. And there's just more that we'd like to do, but there's only so much time in the day. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, um, I just I just want to take a quick break and, and welcome everyone that's here. For those of you that showed up late, my, my guest is Eric. Uh, Artel, uh, improv teacher. Uh, and I want to definitely talk about Improv Wizards, which is a great academy in which to learn improv. And you guys are already, you know, do a lot of things complimentary on, on Clubhouse and whatnot. And those are some great rooms. I, I feel I'm a seasoned improviser and I'm always learning from you guys. Or, you know, maybe I'm trying to work on my own course and go like, that's a great idea. That's a great idea. <laughs> that's a great idea. But uh, I, you know what? I, I probably won't get motivated to do it. But you guys are a wealth of information. But now what you are, you know, on TikTok and to improv, uh, Sebastian in the audience is is to LinkedIn. So I don't know what your presence is on LinkedIn, but if you ever have questions, and I'm, I hope Sebastian's okay with me, you know, shouting him out this way, but he's like the the de facto go-to person for, for LinkedIn. His name is LinkedIn Seb, as a matter of fact. So, you know, uh, I, I think, you know, anyone that's in the audience or yourself, Eric, uh, he's someone to connect with. And I want to say, you know, uh, thanks for everyone that's here for Chris from uh, San Francisco, who does brilliant voiceover, and Charlotte from Australia, who can teach you how to, gentlemen, how to dress. She was a professional butler. And oh, Esther, yeah. uh, she dates an Italian. That's all, I, uh, that's all I know about her. No, I'm kidding. Hi, Esther, from Canada. And she's also a brilliant content creator on TikTok and, and all the other platforms. And Peter, who I think is a, a musician. And uh, so everyone that's here, thank you guys so, so much for being here and spending time with us. But I definitely also want to get to your... Uh, Improv Wizards Academy and, and talk about that um, because, you know, as we said, uh, social media and TikTok doesn't define you. But let's go back to TikTok. Um, I'm, I'm just kidding. Um, 
<laughs> oh, but before I forget, though, your TikTok is hilarious. I, I, we're not going to get away from this, but we'll, you know what? If you don't mind, I would love to make even make this a continuing series. Uh, so if, and next time you have time, I'd love to have you back on and, and we can chat and, and whatnot, whatnot. Um, so the, I love your videos on there. Like that's those snake videos where, where somebody clips them a, a fake snake. And I would just, I mean, I can't run fast as it is. So it's, I don't know. I guess I would just, uh, that snake's not going to catch me. Cause uh, you know, unless I can slide through poop. Well, it's, yeah. Well, it's a plastic snake. So, uh, yeah, uh, of course. Yes. I, I failed yeah, to, yeah, yeah, it's, uh... it's a, a plastic snake that people clip onto somebody's belt or purse or whatever. And as they run, of course the snake is right after them. And, those are hilarious. Uh, I love your prank phone calls in, in front of people, like awkward prank phone calls. I think my favorite is is, uh, is the one where you're calling your mom at this age and telling her you, you pooped your pants, I think. And... Yeah. It's, you know, there's a common denominator for comedy, and that's what it is. <laughs> Mark's the poop. Uh, yeah, Back in my day, we, we, didn't, we didn't poop our pants. Back in my day, you couldn't talk about. <laughs> Wait a minute! Now I do poop in my pants. Um, <laughs> for the talk, for the talk. I'll tell you, th- those uh, those are really fun. I I it it can be uh, when when you do things in public, um, it can be very harrowing, sure. but also it can be very fun. And uh, and for a while, I was actually riding a lot of public transportation in L.A., and so I would do I would do a lot of those in while on public transportation and so you just kind of hold i have my hand up on my hand up on one bar with a with one phone that's recording like hopefully it's angled correctly and then my my hand on another phone and doing that and then uh man i remember one time i was doing one where i I was i was doing just sort of selfie recording and i was just calling people out like like as if i was doing a message to somebody and and like I was on a bus one time and there were a couple of guys behind me. And then I just said, you know, I was like, Peter, you owe me money, Peter, make sure you pay me back. And then all of a sudden these two guys like look over and they start yelling into the phone. They're like, yeah, you better bleep and pay him back. You mother bleep. And I'm like, Whoa. it was so great. <laughs> so fun. Um, just really fun. Do you get, uh, do they have to sign a release or anything or, or uh, you just put it out there, right? Cause they're public. I just, right? Yeah. I just put it out there. I, I think if you're, if you're filming specifically for YouTube uh, and you are going to be earning money on, on AdSense, I think the, I think the proper, the proper uh, thing to do is to get releases from sure. someone for that. But for this, just going up on TikTok and stuff, I, I, I didn't. Maybe I should are, have. Are you monetized on TikTok, and I don't know if this is something you you you'll be willing to share or talk about. Uh, not really. Like- no, that that is it is not a good monetization platform. So I would I would, I've certainly done brand deals uh, sure. on TikTok, and you can look through my TikTok and see see some of those, and that's always nice. Um, but but yeah, I I, uh, I I think I would love to do, and there have been some discussions about doing like some some prank shows or like man on the street shows uh, for actual production companies. And then, and then when you do that, that certainly is something where like you have your handlers who 
get people to come and, you yep. know, or after you've done it, then they'll come and they'll have the release forms and they'll be like, okay, sign this. For and then, then you have to blur out their faces, et cetera. So. Sure. Sure. But, but it's nice to, to, if you have a team like that, where they either set it up ahead of time, like you said, or, uh, oh folks, you know, this is for, for the show. If you could just sign, thank you. you know, you've got your PAs to do that. But yeah. unfortunately I think like a, we're, we're one, one, a one person show, you know, yeah. What are you going to, you know, you, you go, oh, well, they're gone. All right, whatever. Forget it. Yeah. But I think now, nowadays, you know, and if, and if you're in public, you, you are free game, you know? Uh, so I, I think nowadays people are just used to, you know, if you're outside, you, you're being recorded. <laughs> I spent 10 years in a casino. I know every second of my life in that casino was recorded, you know? So, and any casino really wherever you walk around in Vegas, whether it's the strip or Fremont street, you're being recorded. So th- there, there is that of course. Yeah. Um, so I, th- I think I think people are used to it, and I mean, as long as you're not an idiot. Like I heard a story about this kid that was pretending to stick people up with like a rubber knife. He got shot, you know. Yeah. But it was a prank, you know. The people that go and blowing people's ears like to a stranger, you know. I've seen some nice takedowns, you know. Yeah, yeah, not not bright. I think I think there were some other kids who uh, were doing a prank video where they were running away with a bag that they, they had money in it, and as, as if they had robbed a bank, and then they got. They got charged. They they eventually got arrested, and it was just for a YouTube video, you know. So yeah, yeah, you, you have to be smart with those. And I think you're right. L.A. the L.A. area is certainly a little different of a of an area when it comes to that. It just it, it reminds me of a story, Paul. Um, I got hired to <clears throat> do a job with LeBron James, where he was so lebron james who is a part owner of a pizza place like that like a fast food pizza place called blaze pizza and so i don't know if you know blaze pizza it's great i, I mean is, is there one in are there some in vegas because if there is it's one of it's my favorite pizza place yeah yeah i think they they it's actually owned by the people who did uh who do own wetzel's pretzels so if you've ever been like new york or wherever yeah. wetzel's pretzels sure. so mr and mrs wetzel who I've met now, they okay. uh, they started Blaze Pizza and LeBron James is an investor in Blaze Pizza. And so we were shooting a commercial for Blaze Pizza and it was a hidden camera commercial. So the, the, the conceit of the commercial was I was and I had to get trained to how to how to be behind the counter making Blaze Pizzas with the other employees. But I was in a Blaze Pizza employee and LeBron James was also a Blaze Pizza employee. And his name wasn't LeBron. It was like Ron or something. I think it was, I think it was Ron in, for this. And then they had hidden cameras all throughout the restaurant. And uh, to get people's reactions, when they had this long line for lunch, the lunch rush came in. And then LeBron comes walking in as an employee. And he's like, I'm training him. And they just wanted to get their reactions, all the people's reactions. Well, they filmed it in... Uh, in the Blaze Pizza flagship shop in Pasadena, California. So when LeBron comes out, instead of there being like everybody being like, wait, that's LeBron. You know, you would think that there'd be some sort of big reaction. All, all people did was they just like looked and then they just brought up their phones like there was no big reactions. There was no it was it was so sad. It was so sad. But do you think like here in LA 
Yeah. Because people are so sort of, there's a certain attitude towards things. You know, we finally, we did get some funny interactions with some people who kind of knew it had to be LeBron James, but, you know, they were very confused. But it was more like confused as opposed to like that giddy, you know, you just think, man, we should have shot this in, in, he was playing for the uh, Cavaliers at the time. So, or no, I think he was the Lakers. No, he was, I think, I can't remember. Um, But, you know, we should have shot in Cleveland or something. If we'd shot it there, then people would have gone crazy. But instead we shoot it in LA and it's all just like, oh, I'm going to take a picture of this with my phone, you know, record, let me record this. So that's what, what a story, man. And it's, yeah, just the, I think the jaded nature of LA like, Oh, there's a celebrity. Not like, so I don't, maybe it's better for the celebrities that they're just, yeah, just take a photo, but don't, you know, take, take <laughs> yeah, but that, that don't bother me. Don't. Yeah, exactly. Don't attack Good me. Point. Um, I, I, how are you doing on time? Because I, I don't want to take up. I, I know that no, I've you got some time. I got time. I got time. Good. Okay. And might you uh, later on consider taking a few questions from our audience? Because we yeah, can always just take them up either to camp. Okay. Yeah. Wonderful. Of course, uh, there are a few people that like to come up. Uh, so yeah, if, if that that would be great. Um, but uh, I didn't ask you this, and I, I usually we usually start at the beginning, which is you know where are you from, and I'd like to find out a little bit about your parents if you're okay with that. Because I always feel like, are they the reason that, obviously, I guess they're the reason why we are who we are, but, you know, finding your way into comedy, specifically improv comedy and and all that. Uh, where did you grow up? So I grew up in Jersey, New Jersey, uh, northern New Jersey. Uh, we, we traveled a little bit as a family. Um, uh, my dad was an engineer, and so we traveled. Uh, so I spent a number of years in, in England when I was a little kid as well. And uh, in fact, came back to the United States one time. We, we were there a couple of times, came back to the United States with a natural British accent when I was little. Sure. Um, and I, I feel like that, I feel like those experiences helped me develop just a love of accents. I love doing accents. I love doing voice work. I think that's kind of where some of that came about. But yeah. no, grew up in a great household. My parents are very loving and I, uh, they have no connection to the to entertainment whatsoever. And, uh, and so I think when, I think what they did do unbeknownst to them, or maybe unwillingly, they were just so supportive, uh, and so loving as parents. And so, uh, you know, although my, my, my dad, I've, I've said before to others, that he, you know, a, l- a little bit of chagrin that I didn't become an engineer. Um, and, uh, but I think he, and then also my mom, particularly, they've just always been so supportive of anything that I did. So any artistic pursuits that I ever had, like I loved doing theater when I was young, I did a lot of music stuff and sports, just everything. So, so supportive. Uh, the, the only thing they were not supportive of, uh, and I was not allowed to do was play football. So that was like the one thing. And I grew up in, a, listen, Paul, I grew up in like, I grew up in an Italo, like Italo-American town where football was king. Sure. And uh, my dad was like, you know, I have too many friends and coworkers who have permanent limps because of football. So right. you're not right. playing football. That was like the one thing that they wouldn't let me do. But other than that, they were just so they were, yes, let's have some they, so, so what you're saying is that they loved you too much. And they loved me. Yes. Yes. They loved me too much. 
Yeah, I can, it, I can, I can see why, why, why you'd be messed up in the head with that. Yes, if only they'd loved me too much to, uh, to keep me away from the mental anguish of being an actor, like, like that. If, if, if they'd known. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, no, they, they were just so supportive uh, uh, of, of us as long as we were making good choices. You know, they, Wonderful. they, and and so that's the kind of household I grew up in, and it was I'm so grateful for that, and that's the household that I'm hoping to, to also, encourage as I've as I have a household of my own. Uh, and, and really I like wanted to be a lawyer when I was growing up, I studied economics. I, I, I interviewed with investment banks and consulting firms, you know, I've flown out to Boston, to New York, to LA. And just at one, at some point I just realized that this is not what I want to do. And, and I loved acting. I had gotten the bug again, doing it, doing theater and, and I just thought, well, you know, why not? Why, why not make a go of it at, at the time? I'm single and and just started having success with it, and uh, and so it's been it's been wonderful. But that that's kind of where I came from. Wonderful. Wonderful. Do you have siblings? You said us, is, is, or is it? No, I do. I have uh, three older siblings, uh, so I'm the youngest, and um, so Thanks. maybe also that was like, well, you know, as long as you're not killing yourself, whatever you want to do whatever you want to do, <laughs> young one. But um, yeah, so I grew up in, a, in I had brothers and sister and all were still close. We're still really close. So I, I just feel very grateful for the, for that. Um, Did any of them catch the disease, the mental illness of, uh, of, of acting or are they? One of them, uh, well, uh, they, one of them went into broadcast journalism, which is like kind of a, you know, an ugly stepchild. Of acting, right? And uh, and so he now is he's now in academics, and now he's doing community theater. Oh, wonderful, wonderful! So it's great. Yeah, no, that's great. So, did you get your first acting gigs in New Jersey, or was this New York? Or no, I was I was in Utah, and uh, and I, you know, interestingly, I, I started doing like some commercials there and some different projects, and then. I got a call from my agent at the time and uh, I was living in the Salt Lake area and I got a call from my agent and there had been, I mean, it's really unfortunate. There had been an accident that an actor had had who, uh, you know, who went to the hospital and was filming like the next day for a little role in a movie for like a one day shoot in a movie. And so they were doing an emergency audition session and like can you go to audition today because like it's filming tomorrow or the next day and mm-hmm. so i went and i got that job and so i got taft hartley for sag through that job it was one of my first paying actor jobs ever and everyone's like you don't know how lucky you are to have gotten Taft, and i didn't and i'm like well, I, I guess i don't i don't know i really don't know and then when i made it down to la and i, I realized oh i got really lucky I got really lucky to be able to join SAG so quickly. You uh, got lucky, but you brought it. I mean, you know, and it's that thing uh, where, where you were prepared. And unfortunately, somebody else suffered. And it wasn't, you know, the, the role, it, it wasn't meant to be for them. And maybe they went on, went on to better, bigger and better things, unless, of course, they died. But They did not. Die. They did not die. So okay. they, 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 did rec- I, uh, they did recover. Um, Good. So. I, uh, yeah. And then, then came to LA and, uh, and at that time I was, I was doing improv 
I, I really honest, honestly believe, I know we've, you know, we've talked about it. You've heard us talk about it. I know you talk about, like, I honestly believe that, that had I not been doing improv since the beginning of sort of my professional acting pursuit, I wouldn't have come close to having the same success that I've had. I, I just, I firmly believe that. Um, and so it's been a great, it's been a great ride. Did you study improv then in Utah? Was that part of your curriculum or was it outside of the school or how did you connect with fellow improvisers? And I'd love to get, you know, go right to LA because I know you spent time at the Groundlings as well, or I don't know if training, but I'd love I, to talk about that. So I was in an acting class with Lincoln Hope with two Ps and he actually, he had founded an improv sketch comedy group that in Utah was ex extraordinarily popular. I mean, selling out huge places. And that was my first, as a student, and that was my, uh, that was my first experience of seeing improv because it wasn't really on TV at the time or anything. Wow. And oh my goodness, it was just so funny. And so we were in an acting class in Salt Lake together and he was forming a new improv group and invited me to just come and try it. And I was so nervous. Um, but I tried it and fell in love with it. And we, we loved doing it together. And, uh, and so we were performing up in Utah and then I was also learning there. And then when I came to LA, then I started, I studied the groundlings and, and started doing improv also, like we started doing some iOS shows and I've never done US, UCB. I would love to go just do some UCB because I, I would love to love to study more, um, in that realm as well. But I, and then I also very quickly started teaching it um, and had my own students uh, teaching improv and, and like just molding. I mean, you, you know, there are so many, there are so many general principles of improv learning and, and there's so many books and there's so many things. And so really you, you try to distill that into the, what you think are the most important things and the, and the best ways to teach it. And that's how you kind of become an improv teacher. And sure. Uh, and so I started doing that. And then now what, I know we've, we've now fast forwarded to LA, uh, but, what um, year was this? uh, forgive me for interrupting. No, that that's right. I, so I moved to LA in 2000. Uh, and then as did I, Oh, great. So yeah, I moved and then, uh, SAG went on commercial strike, like right away. Yeah, of course. In 2000. Uh, so that was great. And it was right after I joined SAG cause I got to LA and I'm like, I got to join SAG. And so, uh, so my, um, so then it was like, okay, now I want to get an agent. And now all of a sudden SAG was on strike. And so agents were like, eh, eh, don't talk to me right now. So then it took a year for me to, uh, I, I did a mailing. I just did a mailing, mailed headshots, resumes, and cover letter. You know, what's this you speak of? Mail. <laughs> you remember that? Email, right? Is that no, 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 uh, no actual uh, post, <laughs> yeah, post, post office workers. Yeah. I mean, yeah. did a, you know, went to Samuel French Bookstore. Sure, got found that. A, yep, and found found a uh, found one of those. You know, a couple of those books of uh, like agents in in mm -hmm. town. Which ones are accepting submissions? Yep. And I sent out uh, six. In fact, my dad came and visited uh, to L.A. just to come and come and say hi and just be a supportive dad. And and while he was here, we stuffed envelopes together of you know headshot, resume, and cover letter and mailed it off to 69 different commercial agencies. Oh, I, I just had a, like a, 
uh, I think I was triggered. Uh, headshot, uh, headshot, uh, resume and cover letter. Oh, headshot. Yes, yeah, the worst, the worst. Oh my! But you know what? Maybe not the worst because, like, there was a process, right? There was a, it was a baked in process, and like you knew that is a way to do it. And now I feel like there isn't, right? Like there, there's advice. There's, there's, you know, opinions for a lot that a lot of agents have and that that the network has but like back then back in my day there was a baked in process for like okay you know i could go have lunch with and and people would i would go have lunch with people moving to la and you probably did too people moving to la and they're like okay i want to you know i want to try to break in or whatever and you're like okay here we go here's a process this is a proven process people expect it the industry expects it this is the way you can do it. And it was like, it was very comforting, right? It was, it, it was in a way very comforting to know that there was this process. Uh, yes. And you know what? And there was something joyful about walking into, especially after you'd already been there for a while and maybe maybe you were coming back to a casting director's office and then maybe seeing your physical actual headshot sitting on their desk or pinned up on the wall yeah. and you're like, all right, I got a chance at this. And maybe you see it move up, you know, the, when you do your callback, you're like, oh, there was just something so joyful about that. And and then handing them the the headshot and the resume, or I would print out the resume in the back of my headshot, you know, because I had a laser. Oh, printer. fancy. It's on the back. You know, they'd be like, oh, wonderful. Like, oh, this guy's saving paper. And, you know, you just wanted to make it as easy for them as possible. You know, unless they were specific, like, you know, no, print it out and staple it. You're like, okay, whatever you need, you know, but uh, yeah, there was some, I remember once I started working and I was actually, uh, uh, Nicole, is that her name? Nicole Garcia, I think, who was the casting director at Matt TV. And I, I, you know, I would just hang out there on Fridays. And so sometimes they put me in stuff and it was because, you know, uh, I interviewed Chris Clues, who was a Emmy award-winning writer and he was a writer on Matt TV. That's where I met him. And uh, he goes, yeah, he goes, you guys were here all the time. I'm like, yeah, because we could eat, we could drink, you know, especially on, on, on the weeks when they were filming the show. And somehow I, I, I don't know if I was actually auditioning for Nicole for something, uh, but I was in her office and I look over and there's a VHS tape of Salsation, which was my improv group that I started in Chicago and still going. But it was sitting, you know, and I and I think I just got distracted. I'm like, I go, you, you have our tape. I go, that's she goes, oh, she goes, yeah, she goes. Yeah, she goes. I've watched it. She goes. You guys are, are really funny. And I was like, wow. And then there was just something. My heart just like exploded to see a VHS tape that you know that's how long ago this was, uh, sitting there with our name on it that I remember submitting to them. You know, like, hey, consider anyone from our group for Mad TV type of a thing. Thinking that it would have been thrown away, and there it was. So I don't know. There was something. There is something about physical or tactile things that now, if you walk in, you know, what can the back side of a computer tell you nothing you know you don't know what they're looking at you know yeah uh, yeah i mean if you get to walk in because now like if you're on yeah. zoom or whatever or you're on yeah. blue jeans or whatever it might be that they're using and, you're, and yeah there's and you know what that is paul that's exactly what we talked about earlier about that dopamine rush about like yeah. that that is is what the co- digital content creation and getting views on a video now is right that it's the same type of thing where you're like oh my my efforts are you know, my efforts are, are, are being rewarded or like, you know, they, they, they like me. That's that. That's uh, yeah. That is it. Yeah. The, you, you hit the nail right on the head, Eric. That that's wonderful. And I agree with you. I mean, with, without improv, I mean, that's my whole life as far as if it wasn't for improv, 
you know, I wouldn't have. Oh, it's so funny. I didn't mean to brag. Oh, where did I leave it? I just got a check from my first gig, which was What About Joan, which was a Joan Cusack show that they were filming because she lived in Chicago with her attorney husband uh, and didn't want to leave Chicago. So they, they, were, they were doing her show there. And that's the first show that I got on uh, and that right before I moved to L.A. And that's kind of what kept me in Chicago a little bit longer. And I just got a check uh, for 38 cents. But once they take everything out, I think it's that uh, I, I got a nice healthy check for 14 cents. So I'd strong. like to <laughs> Very strong. For Love what, it. 22 years ago. And, and so I just, I'm like, man, I just got to get to be the lead on a show. Then we're talking, you know, we got to be a, 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 a regular on a TV show. Yeah, that's, that's so true. But yeah, so that was, uh, so that was back in 2000, uh, our, our time of entrance into when I was starting to do all that improv stuff. And, Where did uh, you live? Uh, I lived, I, I always lived like in the West, in sort of the West side area, um, you know, near Westwood and in that sure. area. Did, did you ever go to uh, uh, Lloyd's Theater? The, was it the Mission Improbable or what? what I never West did, side? no. I didn't. West Side Improv? I, I, it seems like well, Santa. yeah. Okay, so West Side Improv now, like right near 3rd Street in Santa Monica. I believe so, right? yes, 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 yes. Yeah, so interestingly, before that opened up in the early 2000s, uh, my improv group, right across the alleyway from West Side Improv, yeah. Yeah, There's yeah. like this door. It's a very sketchy looking door that you go downstairs, actually, in the alleyway. You go down these stairs into this lower level basement door. And through that door, through that door, there was like this little, a couple of rooms and sort of these chairs set up. And we used to do a every Friday night improv show in that little place. It was called Underground Comedy. And uh, some guy who owned a pizzeria was running the underground comedy, this underground comedy place. Uh, I think it was called like Third Street Underground Comedy or something like that. And uh, and it was fun. We were doing we were doing an improv show every Friday night, you know, trying to, get the, trying to get the masses out. Sometimes we'd sometimes we'd sell it out, which would mean like maybe fifty people would come, you know, and just this packed little place, just so fun and it, just really cutting your teeth too on. You know, that, that's the thing also, Paul, as you know, about improv, like one of the things that it, that it really helps cut your teeth on is uh, overcoming fears. Yeah. You know, because you are going out there and you have nothing prepared and you are, you're going, and you are performing in front of strangers, friends, family, whoever it might be. And, uh, and you're just, you're just taking those blind steps and, and you, you learn the tools to help you succeed in the best way. But, uh, but it is just such an amazing training ground for overcoming those fears and for letting your creativity, like just trusting your instincts, trusting your creativity, trusting your mind, like saying yes. And to yourself. Cause I think that's, you know, it's really interesting Lincoln and I, so, so my, my friend Lincoln hope, as we fast forward through the story of, of LA, we, we have been friends for a long time. We've made content a long time. And, and a few years ago, we thought, let's, let's put together an online improv learning system. Like nobody really does this yet. Mm-hmm. And so we, we created a, a, a learning system that you can learn improv at home, video using videos, play along materials, bonus materials. Um, and so that's why we created Improv Wizards and uh, improvwizards.com. It's a, such a great name, uh, improv. Because you guys are improv wizards. You, you, you and Lincoln with two Ps really are uh, improv wizards. And 
you have such a natural way and uh, and you're so commun- communicative, uh, such a great way of teaching and making people feel comfortable. Because I've seen you guys interact with brand new improvisers or people that have never improvised to seasoned improvisers. And, you know, even seasoned improvisers get get uh, knowledge from, from what you guys are teaching. So new improvisers, you know, which is, which is not easy sometimes for them, for someone that's never improvised. Maybe some have not even acted and you guys still, you know, know how to teach them and they know how to handle it. So if people can, if anyone's interested, but they can just visit what improvwizards.com. Improvwizards.com. Yep. And, and anybody who's here, who's actually listening right here live, if you want to, we're actually doing a, a free improv workshop uh, this Saturday. So to improvwizards.com slash workshop. And go, go if, RSVP. If, you guys go, if you go right to the link there in the fortune cookie, I've, I've linked it. Just click on the link uh, and it's improvwizards.com slash workshop. For any of you that are not here live on Fireside or listening to the stream uh, or to the replay, by all means, or to the podcast at a future date. Uh, but you do these every now and then, so it's not just this Saturday in May. Yeah, there will, there will be some more. Yep. There will be yeah, some there will be more. We, we love to do that. We're launching a huge new thing this Saturday, so people will find out about it. It's a, I can let the cat out of the bag a little bit, but it's, it's, a, it's basically like this. Uh, it's, a, it's an Improv Wizards membership where we're going to be doing monthly – we're going to be doing monthly – improv classes and then also have our online materials available and being doing we're going to do some really fun stuff as a as a membership and so we're going to be launching that this saturday but but uh but this saturday is free this very free workshop and yeah we love we love doing it you mentioned how we've been doing you know particularly lincoln has been spearheading doing a lot of these free improv workshops really on club on clubhouse Mm -hmm. uh in the social audio space and We've we've loved doing that, and I mean that is just enormous value, enormous value, enormous value to be able yeah, to yeah. do that for free. And um, well, I, yeah, I was thinking about this, yes, and because I I also brought that up because we, you know, when we're teaching improv, like that whole principle of yes and that's like well, it's such a core principle of improv. You know, when when your scene partner says something, don't deny what they said, accept it and build upon it. You know, let let that be one of the huge building blocks. But what a lot of people don't do or what gets lost sometimes is we we have a hesitation to yes and ourselves. Like we have a thought come into our mind and we don't yes and that thought. So, you know, when you're really doing well with, with improv and you're in the groove, you you just start to trust your mind and trust these instincts. You don't you don't self critique and you don't you don't self edit and you you know, you you trust those things and you there's there's a big principle to yes ending yourself I think also when it comes to creativity, brainstorming. Um, speaking of oh speaking of LinkedIn like LinkedIn Seb we got we got to connect because you know there as you know Paul there's there's so much crossover when it comes to improv training for any business minded people any entrepreneurs any anybody. Sure. You know, when it comes to teamwork and leadership, there are so many important improv principles that that do really wonders for people who are in the business world. And so that's another thing that we want to start doing is on LinkedIn, growing a presence there and and uh, and going more into that as well. We have a lot of people who have signed up for our for an entrepreneur improv workshop that we're going to be doing. So that's going to be fun to do but it's uh yeah it's it really is something that 
not only helps your acting, but helps so much that, well, of what you do in life. Wonderful. Well, if there's any way that uh, that you would need me or want me to get involved, whether it's just helping you promote it, I'd be more than happy. Or you can come back and we can even do some kind of mini workshop here, uh, uh, you know, or, or on LinkedIn, you know, uh, Lincoln on LinkedIn. Or, but but uh, because I, that really speaks to me, you know, the power of yes and uh, for business. And I, when I hosted, when I first got, I think, on Wisdom or on one of these other social audio apps, uh, I had something over 13, 1,400 people come through because I put uh, yes and uh, uh, an improv technique for business, I think I called it. And it really spoke to a lot of people because, yeah, improv is not just for, for us geeky theater folks. And to, and to do comedy. As a matter of fact, you're not supposed to go for the joke. I interviewed Susan Messing uh, not too long ago, and it's not like you're not going for the joke. You know, the more serious, the better. And it's listening and it's yes ending. And I really love what you said because that's something I really hadn't thought of is giving ourselves permission, saying yes and to ourselves. Um, what Del Close, uh, one of the things that he taught us was you know like all these things we were able to do when we were kids when we were ba- when and we we're playing and you'll probably see this with your child that everything is yes and and you know you're this yes yes and we do that with each other as we grow up and then I think as we start becoming adults that's when the no or no but or or no maybe or maybe ah uh, yeah, no or yes but or yes but you know it starts creeping into, into the uh, now there's nothing wrong I think with taking a, a few seconds or a split second especially with if you're with an improviser who's not going to just, oh, there's silence, I got to talk. But if you're with a fellow improviser, you know, taking a few moments to look at the different decisions of which path you can go and then choosing that more interesting path. Yeah. But you're, you're right, we shouldn't deny any of them. Uh, it's, it's a very, that, is some, that really hit me, that's great. It's important to say yes and to ourselves. Yes, very, very important. We And, uh, you know, shameless plug. Shameless no, plug, please. Paul. But we, we actually have, uh, we do, we started creating like these little power courses. We call them power courses, which are like mini, mini courses, online courses uh, with some video tutorial, but then a lot of practice videos that people can actually practice improv on their own. And uh, the first one that we put out was is, is called Yes And Yourself. So it's actually called Yes And Yourself. Uh, because that's one of the big principles that we, we try to teach in there. And, um, yeah, it's just so powerful. It, interesting, funny side note. I've told the story before you may, you might've heard me tell the story before, but, um, I went to a wedding, I went to a wedding mine who was an actor com- comedy guy. And he was getting married to a girl who was also, uh, an actress and also a dancer. And they had their wedding and in their vows, in their vows, they said, standing across, across from each other in their wedding garb, they said, I will always yes and you. Oh. And oh, you know, oh, like at first it was like, oh, oh come on, that's so cheesy. Yeah, but then I've yeah. thought about it ever since then. And I thought, that oh. is amazing. It's just so wonderful. It's so wonderful. There, in for anyone who's been in relationships, the power of yes anding in a relationship is so incredible. It's it's so tiring when you're in a relationship if somebody is just constantly denying you or constantly yep. you know whatever it might be. But instead, when you're in an environment of this constructive building, it, it's it's so wonderful. So 
I've like I sort of repented in my heart for at the time thinking that it was a little too too too, too, too. <laughs> like a little eye roll. like, but it really hit me, man. Yeah. Uh, is is that why you have a baby now? The power of yes and. That's that's right, and it was yes and and all the way to the baby. Uh, <laughs> yes. Do you have what one child? What is it? A baby? No, girl? we have a few. We have a few children. Oh, you do? Okay, wonderful, yeah. wonderful. I didn't know. I didn't we know do. that. It's uh, we have we've got a, we've got a wonderful family there. They're wonderful. they're the greatest and worst of 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 moments for for us. It was the best of times and the worst of times. So true. It's so true. Times that what is that Steinbeck? Steinbeck. He he was he was doing nothing but writing about parenting. That's what I feel like. <laughs> it was a parenting handbook. Um, wonderful. Well, Eric. And man, I, I would love to, you know, I mean, you tell me when you have time to do this again or when you're ready to promote, you know, something as well. Um, because I could, I could, we could Joe Rogan this and I could go on forever because you have such yeah. an interesting story. Yeah. There's also so many more questions, you know, what, what's been like your favorite, show, I mean, what shows have you worked on or movies or what's been your favorite, you know, or your favorite people to work with or that you've taught improv to? There's just so much. So anything that you want to cover, and then maybe we can invite some people up because uh, I know that I think a few people might have questions for you. Or And would you be willing to answer some either improv questions or? Personal? Yeah, happy to. I, 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 have, I have a little bit of time left. So yeah, happy to. Happy to. Um, yeah, we can go. We, yeah, we can cover. We can, we can trade acting stories uh, another time. I think it's always, always fun. I, I, I think, uh, yeah, we got, got a lot of fun acting stories for sure that we could share at some point. I, I have a, a little quick one uh, that has to do with acting, and uh, it's, it's I you know I probably shouldn't even tell it because I just told it on the last podcast. But uh, I have a friend Marcio Rosario that whom I did uh, the Bold and the Beautiful with, and uh, it, it kind of speaks to the power of yes and. So we get hired, you know, we're Latino, so of course we're bad guys, we're thugs, and we've, we're kidnappers specifically. We've kidnapped Ron Moss, the star of bold and the beautiful and we've taken him down to some latin american country that doesn't exist but we've kidnapped him and uh you know so so i meet him the first day and and he's this big imposing guy and i think now he's maybe somewhat famous in uh in uh, brazil uh and also lives in portugal goes back and forth so so he's like hey uh can you help me with the script because it was in spanish you know we have spanish lines and i'm like what well, it's in spanish he goes i don't i don't know spanish i'm like how do you not know spanish he goes i'm i'm uh, I'm Brazilian. I go, oh, I go, I go well, how'd you get the job? He goes, well, I, I told him I speak Spanish. Oh. <laughs> so the thing is, I would just help him with the lines. They didn't know because for them, Portuguese, Spanish was all the same thing anyways. So at least he was able. But, you know, I think that speaks to the power of maybe it's also fake it till you make it. But he, he just said, yeah, I speak Spanish. Of course, I look at me. Of course, didn't speak Spanish. Uh, and then he told me a great story about being in Japan and doing a film uh, with a very famous, I guess, Japanese director who likes to shoot once and then move on. And he was, uh, uh, and the kind of guerrilla style, no permits, nothing, but he's like this famous director and makes huge movies. And there was this fight scene or something was going on on, the, on a train that they didn't even pay to be there. So they, you know, normally do it once and then move it on. Uh, so the translator tells Marcio, he goes, uh, you know, director wants you to improve. And he goes, what? He goes, okay, yeah, 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 okay, let's do it again. So, you know, he tries it and he tries to do better. And, you know, and then the director's like, cut, you know, and then you can tell that the director's getting heated after like the second or third time. He goes, please, you must improve, please. And, and Marcio's like, how the fuck am I going to make this better? Like, how can I improve? Like, I'm an actor. And it turns out that the guy wanted him to improv. Oh, no. <laughs> 
That is great. <laughs> he goes, he goes, you know, different line. He goes, you mean improv? He goes, yes, yes, improve, please. <laughs> so, oh, that's great. So, that is great. That is great. Oh, why didn't you say so? That's well, so why great. didn't you say so? Yeah, uh, that, and you know, and you know what that, you know what, Paul, that also speaks to how important improv is, right? Yes. Like, because here's a director, like, wanting people to improvise. Like, they, man, so so often directors would be like, all right, let's, you know, let's do another and just, like, make it your own or or just do, you know, do whatever you want to do. And and if you're not used to improvising, that that's terrifying. That's, that's what I loved about in-person auditions because the, the especially, like, for commercials, like, can we do a different read on that? Or, or can you guys just improvise? We're like, yeah, 100%. You know, you look at your partner, you're like – you studied improv? They're like, yeah. I'm like, all right, we got this. You know, I, I did that uh, via Zoom with someone else, uh, even though that the person that asked to, to improvise probably wasn't an improviser because they're like, okay, you two are – and I literally almost told the guy, like, shut the fuck up and just give us a suggestion and we got this. Because I asked her, I'm like, have you studied improv? She goes, yeah, Second City or whatever. I go, okay, great. So we're sitting there and we're, you can see both of us looking at the guy telling us, okay, you, you guys are like, you know, husband and wife. And you are, and he's giving us all this stuff. And I, and I think she and I were thinking the, cause we DM'd afterwards and she goes, I was just going to tell him to shut up. I go, me too. Just like, just give us a suggestion. We got this, you know? So, but the, the, you know, I used to love that about the in-persons where they can really see your range and what, how you can think on your feet and, and switch things around yeah. real fast. So it's, it's the most important thing. Uh, one of the most important tools I think to have in your toolbox as an actor, as a performer and, like we said, relationships, business, et cetera. I think Bob Dassey and Stephanie Weir, two brilliant improvisers that were that are a couple, hope they're still together, wrote a, a great book on relationships and the power of yes and. I'll have to, I'll have to check that out. I'll have to check that Wonderful. out. Well, if anybody would like to come up, uh, by all means, uh, just, just ask to come up and we can bring you up. Uh, let me invite Chris up. Uh, no pressure. But uh, Chris, uh, wonderful. Chris, welcome. Let me invite you to camera if you'd like to join us. Uh, you can see that I'm blind invite to video. Uh, welcome, Chris. I know that you're also very camera shy because you're a voiceover guy, but uh, welcome. Thank you so much. And uh, what a great afternoon and what a great conversation. I really appreciate what you're doing, Paul. Yes, and I appreciate Eric. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Good That's to meet you. how it works. Great information here. Anyway, very quickly, um, here in San Francisco, we have something that we do in our family. My wife, my daughter, and myself, every night, we have something called TikTok Theater. And so throughout the day, we have uh, saved to our favorites list, funny and amusing and inspirational TikToks. And then we gather in the living room and we put them on the big screen and we sit together and have a big laugh before we go to sleep at night. So TikTok can be used for good, my friends. And so, Eric, you're on our list, buddy. Awesome. Thank awesome. you so much. Thank you, Chris. I, you know what? It's so true. And I, Chris, I love that. That That's such a fun. You know what that also is? Is like that's so because you know your kids are going to be watching it, right? Um, and I don't, Chris, I don't, if you're still up, I can't tell who's like up or not. But he, how, He's still here. He muted himself. I think. Oh, great. Chris, how, how old how old's your daughter, if you don't mind? 25. Oh, this is amazing. Oh, that's great. Because I was going to say, like, even, you know, a way to sort of embrace 
what your kid's going to be doing and consuming anyway. Right. And like making it fun in that way. That's, that's, I think that's really great. And it's true. I did a, I, I spoke to a huge youth group um, a little while ago about the power of using social media for good and how, you know, it's, it's, it has huge pitfalls, particularly when it comes to young people, but you can use it for good. And that's, that's an awesome example of using it for good. That's yes. I mean, listen, and please, Chris, no judgment. If you guys watch it for, if you go watch any of my TikToks for TikTok theater, there's no judge, no judgment. (laughs) No, no, no. You're on our list. And I'll, and I'll tell you something else. Uh, I do a little TikTok myself. I have tens of followers. Anyway, um, I ride a mobility scooter. I'm an, I'm a 65 year old gentleman. I'm one of the oldest people on TikTok, perhaps. And I ride a mobility scooter and I do something called the streets of San Francisco, a free to laugh now production. So anyway, I go around the streets and I film. And one of the things that I do that I love so much is to go up to people who are looking at their phones, standing on the corners outside of restaurants, obviously waiting for rides. And I pull up on my little mobility scooter and I say, did you call Uber? And they're like, yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, hop on. So um, we have a lot of fun with that. My question is, how often should you post on TikTok? Thank you so much for all the help. Oh, Chris, great question. As often as you want. As often. It's a terrible answer. But so, so TikTok particularly has a specific way that they treat their algorithm that uh, it's important to be consistent just as a creator. It's important to be consistent, but for, for TikTok, um, for TikTok, they, they, they treat every post as an individual piece of content. And so your account, every video has a chance of sort of it going viral and, 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 Somebody with millions of followers can get terrible engagement on videos and somebody with not can get great engagement on some videos. So, so really my advice would be posting as often as you feel comfortable posting. Uh, I mean, consistency is important, um, but for that platform, there, there are, uh, there are creators who find great success posting every day. There are creators who find great success posting a couple times a week. There are creators who found great success posting multiple times a day. So that it's more, it's more to how you feel yourself. Great answer. I I, I love that. I, from the things that we've discussed on our TikTok group uh, on Instagram and clubhouse, um, if you want to, uh, the people that I, I believe, and please correct me if I'm wrong, that do grow it are posting like four times a day, you know, but that's what they're, they've dedicated their life to, you know, I mean, the, 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 that's their job basically. But then again, Chris is retired. So what, what else is he going to do besides? Yeah, Chris, come on. Just post, post as many times as you want, Chris. Chris, I got a great, Chris, I got a great idea for you. I love giving ideas. I, I also work with a company called Collab. It's a digital network. I, I've got to go in a couple minutes, Paul, but, um, uh, but here's an idea. I love giving ideas to creators. When you go up to somebody, go up to somebody and uh, instead narrate what they're doing in your radio narration voice. So like you go up and this is not an original idea. It's not an original idea. I've seen other people do something similar, but like you can go up there and say, and as he texted his girlfriend, she replied with a no way Jose or something like that. And then just capture their reaction. It, it can be a fun, a fun. <laughs> That's right. so, Eric, 
Man, I really want to thank you for spending uh, all this time with us and here on Fireside. And if, um, you know, I, I would encourage you, if you'd like at least to apply to be a content creator. They just started, I'm not, I'm not sure if we're going to get any of it, but they just started like a $100 million fund because they, 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 they just partnered up with Skate, which is an NFT company for like content creators and all this. I don't know all the details. This just happened yesterday. Oh, uh, so I would encourage if you want, I'll send you the link so you can apply. Yes, please do. Please do. And, and to Fireside as a content creator, because I think you and Lincoln and maybe, you know, you're gracious enough to allow me to come and play with you guys. We, we, we could do some great stuff here on yeah. Fireside and create you know, shows, even if it's like a proof of concept show, like, you know, we can do it for each from home with our cameras and then try and sell it. I don't know. You know, I have an improv game show that I'm working on. So, so if you don't mind, maybe I'll reach out to you with that. My, well, my agent has uh, my manager, I should say, has all that information, but yeah. Yeah. Let's connect for yeah. sure, Paul. Let's connect. And I'd love to have Lincoln on here also. So maybe, Oh, is, did your, what did your eyebrow, eyebrow grow back? Because I know that you lost <laughs> yeah, it right. in a TikTok. Uh, how do you, how did you, how do you make it disappear? Is that a proprietary? Secret? Oh no, no. It came, it came right off. No. Uh, it was just, you know, uh, video editing magic. Okay. Wonderful. So it was, it was fake. It was fake. I, I will, it was fake. Uh, and it's, you know, and this can be another conversation at some point, but it, but certainly it, it, that idea came from another idea that somebody was using. And then I decided to put a twist on it. And uh, yeah, that one, that it. one blew up as well. Was- I love it. So folks, please uh, visit the improvwizards.com slash workshop for this complimentary free workshop this Saturday. What's the date on this Saturday, if you don't mind? This Saturday is May 14th. May 14th. So if, if, so if you're listening to this before May, uh, please you know join this work, workshop. You, you won't be sorry because the information. And then if quickly, your clubhouse rooms, are you doing them on a set schedule on Saturday? Uh, yeah, those Saturday? are happening Saturdays and Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. Um and under the Actors Breakfast Club. Uh, and so you can go check that out as well. Great, great, great. So uh, uh, is there anything else? Do you have any final thoughts or anything else you'd like to promote? We'd be more than happy to hear those. Or no, any I, thoughts uh, for, uh, no it's been a, been a great, great conversation, Paul. I absolutely loved it. So yeah, let's let's keep connecting and, and help bring some more magic to the world. I just, I love to put a smile on people's faces, you know, and I know you do too. A hundred percent. And, you know, anybody can put a smile on people's faces. So, yeah, come on over to improvwizards.com. Check it out. I appreciate you letting us talk about it as well. And, uh, and you know, come on to the socials, Instagram, TikTok. Come say hi. Always always love connecting with people on those. Do you follow people back on TikTok? And if you do. I do. Please, I do. So I'll have to make sure I follow you back. Yes. Please, so. I, I follow you. So uh, that's I know, again, that's not what it's about. It doesn't define us. But. <laughs> but but uh it's but good it it, you know high tide rises all boats so I, yes uh, i love that saying so thank you folks uh my ask is please visit vato.tv or paulvato.com uh where then you can find all of my socials but more importantly you know this is a brand new podcast so, well season two uh it's already out there on itunes and spotify and across across all the social platforms all the podcasting platforms but it's really important if you could at least just give it a follow and a five-star review. Uh, Eric, I'll send you the link when yours is up and probably next week sometime because I, I batched a lot. So I put up, you know, three this week that we, I think five will be total up this week. Maybe if another five next week, five the following week. So uh, apparently the first two weeks are the most important time in a podcast life. So if you guys could just do me a huge favor, go to Spotify and iTunes, give it a follow, give it a, give it a five stars. And if you can, please leave a, 
review. And, and most of my interviews are just like this, you know, laid back and some a little funny, but I think very informational. So if you got value from, from it, please do that. And Eric, once again, you, uh, I think you just threw your baby somewhere. So you might want to go, go check in on your, your I will. I will. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. It's been wonderful. And thanks everyone for listening. Great to great to Thank you, Paul. Thanks for being here. Much appreciated. Back to the weight box. Yeah, love it.